Welcome to the Good Divorce Show. Not every divorce needs to end in disaster. It's time to see divorce in another perspective. Here to help with that is your host, Karen McNinney. Well, hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining me today. We are in for a wonderful experience in chatting today with Thomas Jenkins and Stacy Jenkins. Uh, they are seven years post-divorce, uh, both of them certified happiness coaches. And when she believe it, the divorce was going so well, they decided to go into business together. And together, they have a mission of helping folks just like you to see their way towards the good divorce and thus have started the Happy Divorce Project. Welcome, Stacy and Thomas. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. It's great to be here. Stacy, start us off with just what it is, and then we will... A project about changing the face of divorce in this country, the what people automatically think and feel when they hear the word divorce and all the cultural things around a divorce being so negative and so scary and so awful and all those heavy things that we, based on our own experience, thought we've got to do this because there's no need for that to exist out in the world. So we're determined to make a shift, hopefully globally, around how people experience divorce and how they think about it. The way we do this is through live workshops and personal coaching or group coaching. We have an online program. So there's a variety of ways that we work with people. I'm so delighted to meet fellow pioneers. There are many of us. I feel like it is a changing global movement that we need to do divorce differently. And to remind everyone, that isn't to say that we're pro-divorce. We want long, happy relationships in any form. And at the Good Divorce Show, we always say your marriage may be ending, but often the relationship is not. And particularly if there's children, it's more of a family renovation and how we can do that well. Would you mind, Thomas, just talking a little bit more about how you're working with clients? Sure. Stacy mentioned our website, uh, thehappydivorceproject.com, and there people will find that we work three different ways. The first and simplest is we offer a weekly Zoom call that people can tune into. And usually the first 15 minutes are a teaching, an exercise, and then we take questions so that people can find out what the Happy Divorce Project is all about. Um, because just putting those two words together, happy and divorced, automatically causes curiosity. The second way that we work with people is through coaching, either with individuals or couples. And that can be a single session. Actually, the first session is free. and But what we suggest is a 12-week cycle because to bring about real changes, um, it's required. You know, the thinking, the thoughts that we're approaching, that we want, want people to question, to change those thoughts and consider new thoughts can take a few months at least. And then the third way that we work is workshops. And uh, we're offering our first workshop in Bridgewater, New Jersey on September 29th. What's incredibly powerful about the workshops is that there's the content that really brings about significant change. But then being in a room with a group of people that are all going through the same challenges is really profound so that people realize they're not alone in this journey, the the room uh, is just filled with potential and new possibilities. And support. I think you speak to a, a very common experience inside the divorce experience of isolation. People don't know what to do with us. Do we have to pick sides? Uh, there's shame connected to it, the sense of failure. So it's beautiful that you're creating an environment where people right. can come together. 
And and you say must much of this has grown out of your own personal experience and your own divorce experience. Can you give us a little context? Who are we talking to? How long were you married? Do you have kids? How long have you been divorced? We were together for 20 years, married for 15. Uh, as you said, we've been divorced for seven. We were coaches before we got divorced. When we got divorced, we did it with such grace and ease that within a year of getting divorced, I called Stacy and, you know, with our coaching background, I said, you know, we should really consider uh, reaching out and working with people that are getting going through divorce because it wasn't as if our divorce and the ease uh, and grace was just a miracle or magic. It was, there were basic skills of how we treated one another um, that other people um, I knew could benefit from. Stacy, talk yeah. a little bit about that decision-making point. I, I think people get caught in almost the purgatory of, are we in, are we out, are we in, are we out? And that often there's a decider and someone who is leaving um, or instigating right. that and someone who is left um, and can yes. fall into victim mode. And usually how we begin is how we end. Walk us through that stage of the process. As Thomas and I began our relationship, we had attended a workshop together that was really the base of, basis of our whole relationship together, where we, we learned a variety of things. It was a, a workshop around getting to what motivates you and understanding that your pain isn't about somebody or or something outside of yourself. What I learned in that workshop is that if I feel the urge to blame, which still comes up today, that urge to blame if something goes wrong or doesn't go my way or somebody says something that upsets me in some way, that the ability to like the habit, I should say, it's a habit of stopping myself and understand that it's not about them. It's not about that thing. It's not about what happened. It's about something in me that I need to understand. And I had the habit of, of whenever Thomas and I had different disagreements in our marriage, the habit of stopping and saying, okay, it's not about him and what he's saying. I'm just being, my buttons are being pushed. We had a way of being able to navigate through those times in our marriage. So as far as getting to the place of ending the marriage, it was something that I hadn't planned on. I don't know many of us who are planning for our divorce, <laughs> which might be right. one of the blind spots. <laughs> right. Plan B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which of you began to speak this truth that this marriage was complete and coming to an end? That would be Thomas. And I had enough trust in him and experience with him and knowing of him. I, I trusted his intuition and and what his observations were about our relationship and about his own needs. So when he started voicing the quote unspeakable, I knew in my heart that it was true. And as much as I didn't want our wonderful marriage to end, I had to start letting that in of maybe well, knowing it's not about me, but that I loved him enough to know and that it was important for me to just allow if it meant ending our marriage for him to pursue the life he needed to and to have his needs and uh, follow his heart to where it needed to go, which is totally his unique journey that I had to be willing to let go of what we had. That was so amazing because I loved him. (laughs) So if you love somebody, you're willing to give them what they need. And that didn't mean I, I didn't have feelings about, I don't want to do this (laughs) moments of like, no, I don't want to do this, but 
I knew, like I said, deep down what the truth was and what I had to do, what the right thing to do was. Hmm. Thomas, would you mind unpacking a little bit of your perspective for us as you were approaching that moment and that conversation with Stacy? It was a year and a half conversation. It really circled around me wanting to see other people. Um, and yet I couldn't even admit that to myself. What I did have in Stacy was someone that I knew I could always talk to. And uh, especially when I needed clarity about what was going on inside of me. She's really good at asking questions and holding space. When I began this conversation, she immediately intuited. She said, do you want to see other people? I said, no, 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 that's, that's not it. Because I couldn't even imagine going through the rest of my life without Stacy. That was literally an impossibility. And yet this, this desire want was coming up. Like I said, it took a year and a half when I finally acknowledged, yes, I want to see other people. It was this really quick conversation. And Stacy said, well, I, I guess we're getting divorced. I suggested that we go to see um, a woman named Leslie Bellelli, who is a happiness coach and, and did a, a happy on purpose coaching program. This way of working that we had of no blame, uh, working with Leslie and then taking her course, uh, to become certified happiness coaches gave us a structure for the work that we were already doing and a lot of different exercises to amplify different principles. And from that moment, I mean, Stacy has been a rock star ever since I've known her and first met her. I'll often speak to her or speak about her to friends and in my men's group. And they always get this sense like, Oh, it's like this level of devotion that Stacy and Thomas have for each other is comparable to a couple that's, that's still married. And people always ask, do you think, you know, you're, you're ever going to get back together and Stacy and I both say, no, that's, that's not, uh, what we want that we experience each other as best friends. And so I'll always ask people, imagine your best friend. Do you feel that you need to be intimate with them? And people always say, well, no. And I'm like, exactly. That's where Stacy and I live. Thomas was talking. It reminded me of early on when that, that knowing came to me that, well, I guess we're getting divorced or I know we're getting divorced. All the feelings that came with it um, and going with Thomas's suggestion of let's, let's work with Leslie. This idea of getting help, that was a key thing because all of the feelings that come up for anybody are you're going to be challenged at times. I think it's paramount that you'd be willing to be open and ask for help. As I was going through, working through all these different feelings that I have of feeling angry or betrayed or scared, and at the same time, excited and wondering what's next and being relieved and happy that we're getting clear about things that I also realized how ugly a divorce could turn very quickly. I made the decision that no matter what, I was going to keep loving Thomas and keep this, hold this space inside myself of the love that I've always had for Thomas. And, and I still do today, but that I knew during this transition, it was going to be really important to stay on top of that, to keep that flame going, as it were, keep that flame protected that, yes, I do love this person. I do have their best interest in, in, in heart as well as mine. And there's room for both of those. As long as I hold to that and keeping this vision or perspective of this person, even when I can see where he's flawed and I can feel anger toward him, or I can feel in conflict with them, at the base of it all, there's still that love. This is such a counterintuitive thought <laughs> that I'm leaving someone that I still have love for, which is one of the mantras in the good divorce process. Don't stay too long, leave while there's still love. And there is a love story like little nesting dolls inside this relationship. I think people stay and blow the whole thing up so they can justify the departure 
rather than embracing there is a point of completion here and that we can repurpose the relationship on the other side. If you ask us both today, like, are we happy that we did it? And we're both so happy that we did it because things happen in our lives that we know couldn't have happened if we had stayed together. If anything, our relationship was too comfortable in certain ways. So Thomas, we're speaking about this counterintuitive notion of that you can be in a loving relationship and still leave that relationship. And many of us in the work of improving the divorce narrative would suggest that is the time to leave. I think it may have been on one of your podcasts where I heard the statistic that people will stay in marriages often for seven years from the time that they first uh, think of leaving. And uh, as I said, it was a year and a half from the time that I first started having these feelings. Um, my love for change for Stacy never changed. It has has never changed, and so it, it was confusing. It is a good question. Do we then unconsciously subvert our relationships so that we have a reason to leave, rather than listening to more of our our inner guidance, our intuition? And when we come back from the break, we're going to continue our conversation with Thomas and Stacy Jenkins, happiness coaches and founders of the Happy Divorce Project. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Before you call the lawyer, call the Good Divorce Coach. Give your family the gift of working with a certified divorce coach, a co-parenting specialist, and a mediator. Karen McNinney has the knowledge and skills to guide you through the full divorce journey, before, during, and after. It's one thing to get divorced. It's another to be divorced. The Good Divorce Coach will teach you and your partner how to be divorced with less drama, less destruction, and less debt. Visit thegooddivorcecoach.com to get in touch with Karen. Do you ever have an off day? Or is your life positive and uplifting? Making Life Brighter is a forum for positive, inspired, and contemplative thought, showcasing experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists. Your host, Winifred Adams, will bring to life topics to stimulate and make your life brighter. We want to hear from you. Be sure to tune in Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. Hello, welcome back. I'm Karen McNenny, your good divorce coach, chatting today with two happiness coaches, Thomas and Stacey Jenkins, uh, married for 20 years, divorced for seven, and back in business together, leading the Happy Divorce Project. Often how we begin is how we end. And there's a lot of examples out there of how to do divorce poorly. We are so tickled to have both of you on the air with us today to really learn more about how to do it better. Where do you think people often get it wrong as they approach the divorce journey? We get it wrong when we take the signal of being offended as being based on a truth that we've had a thought, we're offended by it because of someone, something did, and just assuming that that thought is true and it validates our being offended. And that just leads to a cycle. Uh, we then behave in a certain way 
that then the other person may be offended by, and it just continues to grow and grow and grow, and the animosity um, becomes really problematic. Where we start to get it right is when we feel offended, going back to what is my judgment about what just happened? So is it really the event that happened or is it my judgment about the event and then the resulting offense, feeling offended? And starting to question that because my experience is that those judgments are always untrue. And so this feeling offended, while you can't argue with someone's feeling, you can question the thoughts that lead to the feelings. And then people start to thrive when they take those first thoughts that lead to offense, they set them aside and they start to consider other possibilities. I can remember a time I was washing the dishes after dinner with Stacy. I had a meeting in 10 minutes and I had 10 minutes worth of dishwashing to do. Stacy was behind me in the kitchen and I noticed this feeling coming up and it was striking how strong it was. And I was definitely feeling offended because Stacy wasn't helping me. Had I asked for help? No. But Stacy wasn't helping me. And I had this meeting to go to. And she knows that I like to be to meetings on time. And so why hasn't she offered to help? And this whole story is just starting to cycle out of control. I, of course, spoke up. Stacy, hey, um, I've got this meeting in 10 minutes, but I've got 10 minutes worth of dishes. Could you help me? Because then it will take five minutes and I'll have five minutes to get there. Oh, sure, Thomas. And she jumps in and helps me. Investigating the whole offense, though, later, I, I, wanna, I was really curious, like, whoa, I was really upset. And what I found was that the, the layers of belief were Stacy's being inconsiderate. She doesn't care about me. And then at the core, and this is what I find with every client I work with, at the core is a, I must not be enough or I'm not worthy. Yes, those wounds, those deep, deep wounds. And just <laughs> over dishes, it's amazing. Our brains are so busy making up stories all damn day. All day. All the time about everything. Yeah. Do right. you even have a recollection of this moment, Stacy? No. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because you weren't even involved in the story. Right. You didn't even, you, you were an innocent bystander. And, and that also is, you know, reminiscent of those nonviolent communication skills that some mm -hmm. of us are familiar with of being, yep. you know, clear with your requests and, and, and then also being clear with your boundaries. And then people can, they can choose as a result of that rather than being caught up in this, this story-making. And for you, Stacy, as you think about also where couples get it wrong and, and kind of a practice of building new skills, are there things that you have carried with you into your post-divorce life that have continued to breathe life into you? It's always been this thread through our entire relationship before the divorce and after of the practice of not, not blaming whatever's happening outside of me or whoever is doing something outside of me, really being willing to look inside myself. It's so easy to blame. I love blaming. <laughs> it takes me right off the hook and makes my day better. But it sounds like right. you're really challenging us and this habit that we have. In fact, I've heard you both talk about really trying to create a no blame relationship which sounds alien to probably most of our listeners. What do you on a daily practice to stay in that place of not handing your power over, coming into victimhood and being blame-free? One of the ones that I practice on a daily basis is when I am about to have a conversation or I'm in conflict or have something challenging that I have to deal with. I like to sit down and get quiet, take a deep breath, take a few moments or a few minutes if I can afford it. And imagine a surprisingly unexpected, 
expected outcome of what I'm about to experience. And I don't have to know like what happens, why it happens, how it happens. Just the fact that, oh, I had that conversation and afterward I feel great. So what Stacy has just described is, is actually being proactive. So there's the practice of noticing when we're triggered and dealing with the triggers then. But what Stacy has said is we don't have to wait for our triggers to be active in our inner life. We can actually move forward with our feelings and create feelings in the moment and then watch to see how the world responds to us feeling a certain way. I often have a belief that behavior is contagious. Emotions are contagious. So what are you spreading folks? And even people listening who are like, yes, I, I want to be part of the happy divorce story and the good divorce experience, but my spouse, you know, someone who came through the divorce experience, who wasn't asking for it. And yet one ended up happy. One ended up unhappy. Who can unpack that a little bit more and recognizing that it doesn't, it's wonderful when both partners such as yourselves walk down this path, but it is not a requirement. So when we're uh, hired by a couple, the first thing we make clear with them is we are not working with them as a couple. We are not coaching the relationship. We are actually coaching them as individuals. Will the relationship improve? Yes, because our point is the challenges that you're facing, the, the relationship is chasing are issues that are within each of you as individuals. And as those get cleared up, as those get cleaned up, the relationship becomes easier. And so there was this moment you reflected, Thomas, where a client, you know, the wife declares, I want a divorce out of the blue, totally shocked. They go through this divorce experience. And in the end, he finds his way to happiness and she doesn't. Do you have a theory of what transpired in that story? I love that you ask <laughs> if I have a theory, because I remember that moment as he was sitting there and, and it was almost like this, it was a moment of wonder and he was experiencing the bliss of happiness of just having gone through this divorce that on the first day, he, I imagine his thought was the next few months, the next year of my life is going to be hell it's going to be chaos. You know, my wife has just surprised me with this. And yet the past three months were this really enjoyable experience. And then the other piece that I believe he was reflecting on was that his wife had, had initiated the divorce. She had gotten everything that she asked for from him. Like I said, he, was, he still cared for her very much. He wanted her to be happy. I think when he was looking at her and her unhappiness, he was reflecting on his own process and the coaching sessions and how simple they were, the exercises. And he was wondering, is it really that simple? Being happy, like by choosing to pay attention to our thoughts, choosing thoughts that serve us better. When Stacy and I, we worked with teens at risk for a number of years. And one of the most common questions we would ask them is, how's that working for you? You know, when they would be upset about something or complaining or just how's that working for you mm-hmm. um, to engage them in the process of, do you see that you're a part of this in the same manner? He was looking at his part and how the divorce had worked out so well, how happy he was and wondering, wow, is it really that easy to, is what made the difference from my experience to my wife's experience of me being happy and her still being upset, even though she got everything she wanted is it really just the, those simple choices I made along the way? Mm-hmm. And and it is a significant lifestyle change. And one of the things that you've identified, Stacy, is you know on on the cusp of divorce, knowing that there would be singlehood alone. Yeah. And one of the things we work with a lot in our client group is how to be alone and be absent of kind of the terror of loneliness. And those are two different things. How have you interfaced and come to terms with that initial fear of being alone and then finding the delight in the singlehood? Yes, that definitely was a thing for me when 
it was clear we were going to be divorced and the fear of, can I make it on my own? I've been with this person for so long. We've been such a great team together, supporting each other. And like, all of a sudden that's going to be gone. And can I do this? And this fear of being alone, when I was able to talk my da- myself down and remembering that it's something that I'm sure many people have heard said that you need to love yourself before you can have a healthy relationship. And there was a wise woman who said it in the way of, you need to become your own best lover. And when I heard that, it really spoke to me. And I thought, I'm just going to take that on. I'm going for it. I'm going to, I'm going to just be my own best lover because when I really allowed myself to be present in that idea and really imagine like, wow, I can be my own best lover. I don't have to have somebody that I've got to find and it's got to be the right person. It's got to all of that. When I would meet a new new partner, that, that would make it like over the top, even that much better. That that carried me through the toughest times. And then mm-hmm. it just created this, this confidence for my, in myself and trust in myself and therefore trust in the world and what, and the unknown. Like there's so much unknown coming your way when you go step into divorce. So that was huge for me. Also connecting beautifully with what Thomas was saying and those misunderstandings and stories, we get down to those core wounds. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I'm not valued. And no amount of external love or attention can ever really fill that well. And listeners, I I know the pain of the loneliness and the searching for that other person. And there's this old mantra that one plus one equals two, or where's my other half? And and really, I think what we're professing here is that wholeness of self is what brings about the best and most rich love. And loving oneself sounds very easy in theory (laughs) and is actually a lifelong journey for most of us. Well, when we come back, I'm going to ask you all about these three categories of divorce uh, and listeners, stay with us. We'll be returning with Thomas and Stacy Jenkins, our happiness coaches and founders of the Happy Divorce Project. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app. Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Relationships can be tricky. If you are looking for more from the relationships in your life, tune in to Kissing in a Tree with host Kelly Nichols. Kelly is a body-positive sex and relationship coach, and she wants to share her knowledge to help you become a better partner and a better person. Kissing in a Tree, Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
Welcome back to The Good Divorce Show with Karen McNinney. Have a question for Karen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show with Karen. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in today as we chat with Thomas and Stacey Jenkins, happiness coaches and founders of The Happy Divorce Project. You both tend to see divorce in sort of three big categories that most divorces fall into these these three buckets. How would you identify those, Thomas? The three categories. The first is uh, two people that are taking responsibility for their reactions and then their responses. Those uh, marriages, divorces are characterized by being fairly easy. Um, when they are clients, they their work with us is there's some healing work of looking at feelings and thoughts and tweaking that. But often our work with them is movement moves into the creation realm of what are they really want to do next and they see actually they start to see the potential that their divorce is actually a springboard into this even greater bigger life the second category is uh, you have one individual who's taking uh, responsibility for their their reactions and their responses and the other person isn't and it's hard to characterize this divorce because if you talk to one person there's they might say it's going swimming swimmingly and i'm just so excited and the other person says i never want to get married again this is absolute hell um and i am a believer in that it does not take two to tango you can have one person spinning a drama and the other person in the marriage is just in wonder at what's going on and is so confused and but sometimes they may get caught up into it and in, into the you know being held responsible for the drama too and they're wondering how am i responsible for this um it reminds me of a conversation i just had the other day with a gentleman in his 60s i was telling him about happy divorce and he said thomas i totally get this he said i was married for 20 years it was very dramatic i and i just came to believe it, that that uh marriages really required a lot of work we got divorced 10 year, years later i got married i've been married for six years it is so easy this woman that i'm married to we just so enjoy each other's presence and appreciate everything about each other and it doesn't require any work it's effortless um and what a blessing for them that's yes. beautiful to hear and the third uh category is neither individual takes responsibility for their reactions or their responsibility and it's just this endless endless spiral of accusations and blame and hurt feelings and you can care these are characterized by usually having the most uh emotional emotionally painful outcomes financially costly um so those are the three categories yeah. And I would totally agree with that in my experience as well and what I see. And and I, I often think if people can get to coaches, like call your coach before you call your lawyer, please. Right. Yes. Because yes. then we can set the tone and get people in a place of taking equal responsibility mm. and deciding the relationship, the renovated relationship that they want to build. So Stacey, you've gone on and repartnered. I'm curious what you have brought with you into your second long-term partnership that was a learning classroom from your marriage with Thomas. Well, it has been a very different experience, a very completely different relationship, obviously, a very different person. So I have had endless opportunity to just really take 100% responsibility not having to depend on waiting for him to see it my way or things to come around to where it's agreeable. It's in a relationship, it's not a 50-50 thing. It's like if each person takes 100% responsibility, then it can be amazing. So 
you know, Thomas made a mention before of that we needed to leave our marriage in order to have some breakthroughs on personal levels. And this new relationship is exactly what I needed to, to help me break through some of my own personal shame, things that I felt shame around that didn't necessarily have to do with the divorce. It's just in my own personal growth. And I think the lesson is that that doesn't have anything to do with your current partner or your former partner. That is your responsibility of how you plan to show up and the requests you make and the boundaries that you keep. Congratulations. I can see what you can't see on the radio, but Stacy's all glowy and smiley and, and equally so her former spouse. I see Thomas that your heart is warm and celebrating for Stacy as well. Oh yeah. One of the gifts that uh, we have in our, you know, in our current relationship and, and from before is that we've always had this open um, communication. And so our divorce communication never shut down. And so we continued to talk about our experiences and the things that we were going through. And so we both saw that after the divorce, the shame that was coming up that we were both having to process. And so, yeah, I'm just tickled for Stacy. Take us back, Thomas, to where this work really started to become evident to you and that you knew that there was a shift happening for yourself and something that you could share and bring to other people as well. I'm seeing that every time I'm triggered or upset, whether it's by you or my colleagues or my students or their parents, that it actually has nothing to do with any of those people. And it's all from my past and patterns that were created as a child to protect me from traumas I had had. And from that moment, Stacy and I, this organic no blame relationship uh, started. And what came up as ways to work with each other where there were three distinct ways and we didn't, we weren't conscious about this. It just came from not blaming and choosing a different path that we would either ask for space from the other person, just saying, you know, we're so, I'm so triggered right now. I just need five minutes and then I'll come back to the conversation or Hey, I need to talk about something. I'm not looking for feedback. I'm upset. I want to blame you. I'm not going to, um, I'm not needing feedback. Can I just talk? And the third was, Hey, I'm so deep in this and, um, I do need feedback and some, some coaching here. And those three ways of working, um, worked so well. We in 20 years never went to bed angry. And working, working through the issues on average, five minutes, 20 minutes would be a long conversation. That really is exceptional. So when we got to, uh, when it came time to get divorced, what I've noticed, one of the things that distinguishes our divorce is neither of us had a list of upsets of when you did this 10 years ago, I've been upset about that for like, we just, because it was always things were always being brought up to the present. It was always taking personal responsibility. So there was never, like I said, a list of blame that was years long. Mm-hmm. Well, let's turn our attention towards uh, the work and the resources that you have for folks so that they can also have a slice of what you've talked about today mm-hmm. through the Happy Divorce Project. Stacy, if I were to, uh, your, your next event is New Jersey this fall. R- remind us where and the dates. It's going to be at Amagiano's in Bridgewater, New Jersey, September 29th through October 1st, um, 2023. So what else would be the shape and the kinds of things that we could expect at a, a happy divorce workshop? So what we've created really comes out of our experience as Waldorf teachers. For those who don't know about Waldorf education, it's been around since, um, I think, just the early 1900s, 1920 or so. But it came out of this uh, desire to change the world after the First World War. So there is this beautiful curriculum uh, in the Waldorf education that can be shaped for whatever culture you're, you're living in. 
and it's designed to meet the needs of a developing human being through all stages of development. And even as adults, we are still developing and growing ideally. And as human beings, we're not just this brain that's full of information. We're not just this body that moves around in this three-dimensional plane and eats food and sleeps. We um, are not just uh, this being that just feels things. So we're all of these aspects. We're uh, multifaceted. And the way we put our workshop together addresses that. And in creating or we are creating activities and an environment in which to be where there's great safety, there is a great amount of like artistry involved. And I don't want people to be afraid of like artists. I'm not an artist. What do you like? I don't want it. Like that sounds scary. It's more about addressing that part of you, that creative part of you, the feeling part of you, addressing that and then doing and moving the body, using the voice and doing actual movements and activities that integrate everything that we're we're learning conceptually or that we're taking in through our intellect and our mind. So weaving all those things together makes for a really just this beautiful, enriching experience and memorable because I don't know about you, for me, if I'm just trying to remember something through like by memorizing it, it doesn't have the same I don't have the same experience or understanding of it as if I'm actually working with something by through writing, through speaking, through hearing stories, sharing experiences with other people around these different ideas and ways of you know, developing new habits for ourselves, having new realizations for ourselves. Ideally, Stacy and I, we have an intent that that uh, individuals will leave the weekend, both feeling rested and nourished. Mm. That they'll literally go home feeling as if they just had a vacation. And I know it's it's hard to imagine a divorce workshop, like leaving that feeling nourished and rested. But would participants be those that are in the midst of divorce? Do they come with their couple? Is it post-divorce, long-term? It can actually be anyone. We have uh, clients who are 10 years out of a marriage are realizing that they still have attachments and issues and upsets. And so they came to us asking, can you help me with this so that I'm no longer upset about a divorce that happened 10 years ago? Um, We also believe that we'll have participants at the workshop that leave feeling like, wait, do we want to get divorced? Like now that we're taking accountability for all of our reactions and responses, you're much more enjoyable to spend time with than you were two days ago because I'm no longer (laughs) holding you responsible. And yet we're also, we're not attached to people staying married to get divorced. What we want to really help people with is their inner peace. So it might be couples that are in the discernment stage. Are we looking for a divorce coach? Are we looking for a marital therapist? And this might be a place to get skills. It might be someone who's in the heat of it and looking for ways to process and help support a happy divorce experience. Or as you said, those that are really in the long road of divorce recovery. Mm-hmm. This first workshop will be taking place in uh, New Jersey, getting our East Coast folks. Where else can we expect for the happy divorce workshops to be taking place in the coming year? We uh, are looking at 12 different cities. Uh, the next two where we would like to hold them would be uh, Atlanta and then Austin. And then Wonderful. Months, months after New Jersey. And where can listeners find you as a coaching resource, as well as more information about the workshop opportunities? You can find us at happydivorceproject.com. And on our website, if you go to the events page and click on the online events, you can join one of our free Zoom sessions where you can find out more and ask us questions. 
You can also click on the in-person events there, events, and find out where our latest workshop is going to be. You can also find us on LinkedIn and Facebook uh, under Happy Divorce Project. And you can just, you can reach out to us. Our content information is on the website. So you can email us if you like, or call us. And we look forward to hearing from you. Yes. I'm a special shout out to Bobby Livingston, who now lives in North mm-hmm. Idaho, who I was in fourth grade with. And uh, he connected all of us and saw these are two groups of pioneers who are working towards the same thing. So thanks, Bob, for that thanks, connection. Bob. And thanks, Bob. If each of you just had a a little nugget to send away as a bit of wisdom um, to pass on to our listeners, what might that be today? Please know that divorce is not shameful. You don't have to feel ashamed. It doesn't have to be hard. You also need to just ask for help, whether it's looking for a coach or speaking with a trusted friend, just understand you are not alone. I ask that you you try out, I invite you to try out the, the what I shared earlier around imagining an surprisingly unexpected outcome of something. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Stacey Jenkins, happiness coach and ex-husband, Thomas Jenkins and current business partner. What words of wisdom do you have for us today? So one of the core, core principles for uh, our work is making life easy our and historically things are easier than they have ever been than they were 200 years ago if you think about the amount of free time we have so on and so forth and yet somehow there is a view that things may be more difficult than they've ever been so asking people to consider making things easy i would really encourage people to come to our zoom call once a week, it's easy. You can find out the time on our website. There are a hundred thousand people getting divorced in the Northeast Corridor this year. That's why we placed our first workshop there in New Jersey, is that it's right at the center of you know this huge population of people that we really want to help make things easy. Mm-hmm. And you can not just come to one Zoom call. You can come in week after week. They're free and ask us questions, find out what HDP is about and get help. That's why we're here. We want to help. That has been so clear. Thank you both Thomas and Stacy Jenkins of the Happy Divorce Project. Listeners, thank you again for spending another week with me in conversation. And remember, everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Good Divorce Show. We hope today's episode has helped you find a kinder, more sensible, and less expensive path through the divorce journey. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.